and welcome back to State of Mind. I'm Grace Kingswell and I'm a nutritional therapist and lifestyle medicine advocate. And this is my series all about health, mental well-being, state of mind, the environment, creating sustainable practices and finding true connection with yourself, those around you and with nature. Today, I am lucky enough to be talking to Georgie Sperling and we're going deep into dealing with grief, loss, breakups, fitness and lifestyle. Georgie's journey to health began way back when she had a heart condition as a youngster and was told she'd never really be able to exercise. She completely disregarded her doctors and trained to be a PT and went hard for a few years, dancing, exercising and doing multiple HIIT workouts a week. Unsurprisingly, she struck burnout and chronic fatigue and having been bedridden for three months, she began slowly to rebuild her strength, but in a completely different way to how she'd gone about things before. More recently, Georgie has had a pretty tough time of it and life has definitely dealt her a rough hand. We talk about how she's coped with the grief of losing one of her best friends in a terrible accident and suffering a breakup all in the space of a week. Georgie is a total inspiration and I hope you get a lot from this episode. I'm going to take the time briefly now to talk about the ways that you can support this podcast. The first is by actually going and signing up to my mailing list on my website, gracekingswell.com. The second is by sharing a screenshot of this podcast to your social media and encouraging your friends to subscribe. And the third is by leaving five stars and a short written review via the podcast's app. Thank you so much for your continued support. It honestly means the world to me. And I'm still searching for that elusive sponsor. So if anyone has any thoughts, get in touch. Finally, this morning at 7 a.m., I hosted the first of many meetups at Parliament Hill Lido. So I've started this new community project called Nudge. And the idea is that a bunch of us meet every Wednesday to watch the sun rise over London from the top of Parliament Hill. We then go take a cold swim together in the Lido and hang out in the hot sauna before chatting, connecting, having a coffee and going about our day. All before 9am. I'm really passionate about more people harnessing the amazing healing benefits of firstly light and specifically the red spectrum light that we get mostly from sunrises and sunsets. Secondly, the power of cold water to also aid our circadian rhythms and boost our immune systems. And finally, connecting back to nature and taking some time out from the city. If all of this sounds like a bit of you, then I have a thriving WhatsApp group that I'd love you to be a part of. And also by signing up to my mailer, you'll also get all the info about Nudge. Because sometimes we all need a little nudge to do what's best for us. You can also follow along on Instagram at nudge underscore community. Okay, so on with the episode. Okay, hi everyone. I'm here with Georgie Sperling. Hello. Say hi, Georgie. Hi. (laughs) Sorry, we've just had like a very giggly start to the podcast (laughs) and then I suddenly decided that we were going to start recording. So here we are. With my first question, which is always, what was the last thing you did that positively impacted your health? Oh, okay. So this morning, I I think this positively impacts my health. I had well, a that's dance. That's all that matters, babe. <laughs> I had a dance around my living room. Amazing. I got up and I felt a bit um, tired. So I, I just put on some 80s bangers and just went for it. 
And I think, I really think it impacts, it just makes me feel energised yeah. and circulation going. You often do this on your Instagram stories too, yeah. I love it. Yeah. I, I think there's think more dancing that needs to happen in the world. Oh yeah, 100%. And you are a dancer, aren't you? Tell us about that. That's well, kind of your background. Um, I wouldn't say dancer, but I did dance for years and years. I went to drama school for years um, and did ballet, jazz, contemporary, all of that. Um Shame to say that I haven't danced in about four years, mm. but my method brings in aspects of dance anyway. But mm. I did, I loved it. Absolutely loved it. Such a, It's such an escapism. Mm. Mm. Yeah, and I think it makes you very, you have to be quite uninhibited. Is that yeah, the right you word? Do. You yeah, do. you have to sort of not give a... Yeah, it's fine. You can swear if <laughs> you want to. <laughs> she said, what? No, you have, to, you have to sort of let go, especially in, if you're dancing on your Instagram yeah. in your living room. Yeah, what what kind of um, comments do you get back from those stories? People are like, this is great, or are they like, oh, she's a bit mad? A, li- a little bit of both. <laughs> but I take mad as a compliment. Yeah. You don't want to be you don't want to be the same or boring or like normal, do you? No. So um yeah, no, mostly positive though. Mostly positive. Um my friend Emily used to call it anxiety dance, so I'm kind of trying to continue that on. Yeah. Um and I love to dance. I, I'm not very good anymore, so I just do it anyway. Amazing. Yeah. So I wanted to kind of wind back the clocks a bit and ask you about you and where you've come from and the journey you've been on to basically get to where you are now, whether that's like health-wise or fitness-wise, you know, because you've got a pretty interesting story and I'd love for <laughs> the listeners to hear it. Yeah. Oh, gosh, where do I start? Okay. Um, so I was I wasn't always into fitness I wasn't really allowed to do much of it as a child I had um heart problems as a child which meant that I couldn't well I was advised not to take part in a lot of exercise at school okay so I have sort of vivid memories of being left out of a lot of sport Mm. (laughs) um but you know um as I said coming sixth form as I was older I just got I got a bit fed up of being told what to do. Yeah, I and, can imagine. <laughs> and um, sitting out of anything high impact or anything that was going to stress my body. So I started to dance and that's where I sort of found my love of movement and it was just instant. I just thought, why haven't I been doing this? Why? Mm. So I sort of shoved two fingers after the doctors. <laughs> yeah, and it probably made you feel really good as well. Yeah, it did. It mentally, uh, mostly, it made me feel incredible and made me feel like I could be a part of something yeah which was really important um and then uh, physically it just gave me sort of like I I said dancing was an outlet for me yeah all this pent up like stress and um trauma from my childhood came out through dance so that's amazing yeah yeah. (laughs) and I think you know those team sports and stuff that everyone does at school although we don't really like them I think they're probably quite formative as you say in the sense of like learning to be part of a team and to work with other people and if you were being left out of that that must have just been really sad growing up yeah no I I remember it did it hit me hard then but grateful now because I really appreciate movement Mm. um in a much a a different way to everyone else I think yeah Um, so how did you go from learning to figure out that you could dance to you know, becoming a personal trainer. and I mean, you must have been really putting two fingers up at your doctors yeah. by this point. <laughs> Let's say they weren't too happy. No. Um, well, not they. no, they were not unhappy, but they were very shocked when I... So I went to drama school and on, in my last year of drama school, I decided I'm going to get my PT qualifications. Um, 
And I walked into a gym in Chelsea and I said, you know, what do I do? And this guy who owned the gym said, you've got the right personality. Go get your qualifications. You're hired. Um, so I went to get my qualifications, went back to my cardiologist and said, oh, yeah, I'm a PT now. And his face, honestly, <laughs> priceless. Um, Were you ever worried yourself um, thinking, am I going to be pushing things too far? Am I going to end up back in hospital um, or did you not at that stage? I was I I hit a, a bad health spell about four year four and a half years ago, and that's when I got a little bit worried. Um, mm. But at that point, I was just so excited that I could be a PT because everyone else with my condition don't really exercise at all. Yeah, and I was sort of um, fitter than the normal person, let alone someone who has um, a different heart. Yeah. So, yeah, I was just buzzing at that point. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. then what happened about four years ago? So I was, I got, let's say I got carried away. Mm. I was dancing um, every day at drama school. I was doing HIIT workouts a lot, so cardio, stressing my body out quite a lot. And I have very low oxygen sats. So the oxygen debt after cardio takes me a lot longer than everyone else. Mm. Um, and I... I, I still to this day there's no diagnosis but one day I woke up at midnight and my face was sort of black and blue I'd lost all my oxygen <gasps> oh my god yeah and then I then I hit, hit chronic fatigue for um for three months I think I was in bed couldn't move my oxygen was so low and that's when I got really concerned about what I was doing and obviously mm. couldn't train for months um which was mentally very tough because I'd sort of built this like yeah um and a few I'm gonna train yeah and also a life and a career around it as well you must yeah. be thinking oh what am I gonna do with myself now when I when I get through this like yeah yeah what's my career gonna be uh no I was I was no I wasn't in a great place but I I'm grateful for it now because it I I am have created the GS method from it I trained from my bedroom floor mm. for a good six months and developed a way that I could strengthen my muscles but not stress my body out I did I needed to keep my hormones down yeah and at bay yeah um and not elevate that cortisol and yeah all of that stress myself out like yeah. I did I, I overtrained basically yeah and my heart couldn't cope um I think you it's really interesting because I think actually so many people probably overtrain these days but they're lucky enough just to be able to get away with it but I think what your story really shows is that you know overtraining in this kind of um environment of intense hit workouts all the time and gym six times a week you know it it's actually a lot and it I think a lot, a lot yeah. of people are out there doing too much of it especially if they're you know jacking themselves up on pre-workout before <laughs> they go to the gym yeah yeah no it's I think burnout's a massive buzzword at the moment yeah um and that's what I'm trying to get across I guess online is that there are athletes on social media, like the fitness athletes, and I'm very much different to them in the fact that I don't train twice a day, yeah. every day. I train three, four times a week, and you can, that's normal. And you usually do kind of Pilates, yeah. bar, yeah. that kind of thing. Yeah. So how did you develop your method then, G, the GS method? So like I said, I was unwell. <laughs> and I'd always, I've always loved Pilates because I think it goes really well with dance. At drama school, we were doing Pilates classes every week. So yeah. I've kind of, um, I love the sort of core aspect to it and that you're working from the inside out rather than the outside in. Yeah. Um, I developed this method. I wanted to 
get my muscles back after being unwell I'd lost all my muscles mm. and get a bit of definition back for vanity reasons and um feel good mm. so I was on, on my bedroom floor with a resistance band and a Pilates ball and sort of just experimented with some moves took some um ideas from bar ballet stuff like that and then realized that actually this was healing me at the same time mm. so I came out of chronic fatigue um from teaching myself how to move properly yeah rather than flinging my limbs around in a hit class every day why do you think it is that people are so obsessed with the crazy hit classes the intense gym sessions because it's a bit of an addiction isn't it for a lot of people yeah I whether it's I don't know the kind of uh visual aspect to it you know the way that they're going to look after it yeah I don't know I think it's convenience. I think people think it's the most quick, effective way to train. Right. Um, Especially sort of um, hits, so high-intensity interval training. So you're on for 30 seconds, off for 10 seconds. Mm. And it's really simple to get your head around, and it's over in 30 minutes, 45 minutes. Um, And I think also there's a wrong assumption these days that you have to come out the gym gasping for air. Um, absolutely destroyed dripping (laughs) when it's not the case at all like um I'm not denying that makes you feel good and you know your endorphins are through the roof afterwards and if you love that then you love that do what you love but um it's not if you're doing it every day it's just stress 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 Mm. and I think when we live you know so stressed out anyway like our daily lives you know crazy jobs long hours early mornings late nights few you know, alcohol here and there, caffeine, it's it's a lot to yeah. ask of our bodies, isn't it? Yeah. I think yeah. especially for women as well, because, you know, biologically, I'm sure, you know, societally, we feel like we should be able to compete on every single level as the same as men. And, you know, don't get me wrong, I'm a huge feminist, but there are times of the month where our hormones make us feel a lot more like we need to actually ground and, you know, sit on the sofa, wrap yeah. ourselves up. You know, that in that luteal phase before you get your period, your progesterone spikes and you you feel a bit flat. And, yeah. Yeah. you know, it's not necessarily conducive to optimum health when you feel like that to go and push yourself through a hit <laughs> workout. jump around. No, no, no. Which is why if you want to move in your time of the month, um, doing something that's kind on your body, kind on your hormones is just going to make you feel so much better in the long term yeah um and just yeah I guess how do I say it's it's sort of almost treating your body with respect Mm. which I never did Mm. five years ago but you obviously do a lot now yeah which is great yeah yeah well it's it kind of saved me to be dramatic yeah (laughs) um sweet yeah it did because I just was so unwell and then just completely flipped on its head um good for you yeah (laughs) and you're um to kind of delve into another topic you're quite open on your social media feeds about your mental health and I'm sure movement is a form of medicine for you in that sense yeah um what are your kind of coping mechanisms with the the ups and the down days dancing obviously one of them (laughs) but good music really helps like I'm sure you know like um I guess with me, I know this probably is not going to, it's not very really helpful, but um, from a child, I've had to learn to be quite resilient and tough mm. through a lot of times in hospital and um, health setbacks growing up. 
um, to be able to sort of go against that, you, uh, you, tenacity is what my dad says. Yeah. Um, uh, not that I'm advising everyone to push through what their doctors are telling them or um, any, you know, mental health struggles that you have, but there is there is a point in being... It's the way you stand up after a fall yeah. that counts. Yeah. I've always remembered that. It's the way that you bounce back from it and can see positivity in mm. in in things. Yeah. Um but yeah, like the more the more like sort of traumas that keep happening, uh, especially recently, you you find a like new perspective yeah. on little things like anxiety and um and you learn to sort of focus on the big positives in your life mm. rather than little, little things. Yeah. And I think often, you know, those anxieties or those niggles or those worries are actually just a really beneficial signal from our bodies. You know, it's it's like our bodies telling us, OK, you know, you're feeling anxious, but that's actually because your, your body's stressed out. You know, your cortisol's elevated, like maybe you should just chill out. Yeah. But I think the issue comes when we don't listen to it. Yeah, it's li- it is listening to it and it's also talking about it, mm. whether it's to your mum, your dog, your friend. Like, yeah. it is verbalising it. Yeah. It really does help. Has that been really helpful for you recently then, the kind of recently, talking through stuff? definitely, yeah. I never thought I'd be someone who would talk a lot on social media, but recently it has really helped. Mm. Yeah. And I have you had a really lovely response from your followers in recent months? I'm sure they've been there for you and been supportive. And yeah, I mean, yeah, it's been it's been a bit overwhelming. So I have, I've sort of not read a lot of messages. Okay, um, but I guess that kind of would be almost yeah brings it all back and is kind of a bit confronting at times. I guess. Yeah, I mean. I wrote a post this morning, actually. Sometimes I don't really know how I've coped. Yeah. Um, I saw that this morning. Yeah. I thought it was great. It was just like, I'm not okay, but I don't know why, and that's fine. Yeah. Have a great day. <laughs> but that's what I mean about, like, mental health. It's just like, yeah, it's okay not to be okay. Yeah. And I, although I, like, I'm a very positive person, I'm not, I don't know who I am most days, these days. <laughs> oh, bless. No. And yet you're still sitting here with, like, the biggest grin yeah. on your face ever. It's just how I'm programmed. Yeah. But I just, um, I think, I think because it's been two types of different grief that it's just, um, I've almost been, what, what's the animal? An ostrich. They bury the head in the sand. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> I think that's what I've done. And I don't, I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing, but... My mum, I, I remember my mum, so when these two incidents happened within a week of each other mm. and I said to my mum, because I was at home, I couldn't I couldn't work or anything, I said, I don't know if I'm going to get through this one. I said, really don't. And she was like, well, you have to. You've got no other option. And it's yeah. just, it's, I had to. I know, like, what else is there? What, what else can you do, you know? Yeah. I think that's just so, it's an amazing perspective to have. And actually, it's interesting. I had, um... I had a psychotherapist on the podcast a few weeks ago. The episode hasn't aired yet, but she um, works a lot with this concept of trauma. And she was saying how, you know, pretty much everything is related back to trauma. You know, Mm -hmm. not the kind of trauma of like being in a car crash, but, you know, emotional trauma, things that happened to you in your childhood and stuff. And after we got off air, I was like quizzing her basically about my life. (laughs) And I was like, okay, so this has happened to me. And I think that, you know, I'm obviously like still exhibiting some sort of 
strange behavior relating to it and stuff. And she was saying how the first response of um, grief is shock. Like you go in, you go, your body goes into shock. And actually during that time, sometimes what you need is to not actually talk about it and not actually engage with it until that shock phase has worn off. And then you can actually kind of step back and say, okay, this has happened. I'm now kind of like fully in the room with it and I'm going to deal with it in like these few ways yeah no I agree yeah because it's yeah it's really interesting she was saying how because when I came out of hospital when I was younger I was offered some therapy sessions on the NHS um like a week after I you know had this operation and um I just wasn't ready to talk to anyone, let alone a stranger in a, in a like gross GP surgery off the <laughs> King's Road. And it was like totally the wrong time yeah. for me. And actually, maybe now I would love to like talk to someone. Yeah. But, you know, it was kind of like she was like, yeah, because you were in the shock phase. You didn't need to engage with it at that stage. I think uh, uh, another part of it, I've, I waited a month until having therapy for these two incidents that have yeah. happened recently. I mean, I've had therapy on and off all my life for health stuff, but... I, because you're so drained and you don't, you don't, you don't know what, like you have no energy to think about it left. Yeah. And, and until you do, I think that's when therapy comes in handy when you have the energy. And I actually found myself making up stuff in the sessions because, you know, (laughs) she would ask me, like, how are you feeling? And like, I had no feelings. I literally had no feelings. Like you I, were numb. I was really numb. Okay. So I kept just like being like, yeah, I think I'm feeling this because of this happening. And, and you know, kind of just saying stuff that I knew that she'd want to hear. Yeah. Which is totally bizarre and like completely useless. No, I love that though. <laughs> Creative. My, I swear yeah. my therapist is a wizard because she, she just gets me to say things that I have no concept of before really? the session. And then it brings back memories from childhood that I haven't remembered for years and years and years. Mm. And she sort of, she has this power to like bring it back up in me. That's amazing. Yeah, it freaks me out a lot. I think um, I think everyone in life could do with like, you know, talking to someone. We've all got our stuff going on, haven't we? Yeah, yeah. Completely. I got my cards read the other day for the first time. Okay, how I was that? I was so sceptical. I mean, first. I'm, yeah, in my Are head you, I'm thinking, yeah. she's got Shut up, Georgie. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, tell me. Trust me, I was, I was willing to try anything at this point. Anyway, I absolutely loved it. Like, first I sat there and I was like, I'm just going to go with it, be open-minded because I was sceptical. And Amy, a lovely, lovely Amy, she's a friend, she brought, she she uh, she got me to ask a question. So I asked my question, she brought out these cards and they related to me so much. And I think that even if you believe it or not, having something to grasp onto when you're in times of need or grief, so like a belief or um, someone to talk to or a card reading or a crystal to hold, um, actually is quite beneficial. And yeah. I was so against it before this period in my life yeah and it doesn't matter what it is just something to do or to believe or to hold on to so did that give you like tangible things to then go off and think about or do or like how does it work well one of the cards that she brought out was rebirth okay so um I've, I've lost a friend and I've been through a breakup so it's almost like a rebirth of my it's a new chapter, let's say. Mm, yeah. Um, You're redefining yourself without yeah. those people. And I in sort of, in times of when I felt really low about the situation, have thought about that card, mm. and it has it has helped. How are you? What's the new Georgie gonna be like? <laughs> we'll have to wait and see. <laughs> <Jake>. <laughs> Big reveal. 
<laughs> the same like um, mad nutter that she is. Yeah. But, yeah, no, and yeah. It's something to hold on to, isn't it? Yeah. Something to think about. That's great. Mm. Um, just jumping back into the the kind of training and the exercise and stuff, do you ever get this kind of guilty feeling when you you haven't trained or like, you know, you've maybe have had an overindulgent weekend and you're like, oh, I really need to get back on the mat or are you kind of totally at peace back with... on the mat? <laughs> yeah. Um, so I used to, like, all the time when I was doing a lot of hit and cardio, I got... I, yeah, I, I got sort of twinges when I didn't train mm. and felt really guilty when I, you know, had a cheat, not not that it's a cheat meal, but like I used to think it was. Now I don't. I've completely flipped my perspective on everything. Mm. Um, now, no, because I've, I know this is going to sound foreign to a lot of people, but actually listening to when your body doesn't want to train will get you better results than training when your body doesn't want to train. Preach. I mean, that is so true. <laughs> Honestly, and I, at first when I hit fatigue and I couldn't train the way I used to, I thought, oh my God, this is the end. I'm going to gain loads of weight and mm. um, things are going to just, you know, I'm not going to enjoy my life because I can't do exercise. And actually it is a case of listening to when you're tired and mm. people, I think, have drowned out those cues. Yeah. What would you say to someone that you know, really wants to start a new regime or type of fitness or programme or something, but just can't, for, for for one reason or another, can't get off the starting blocks? I think um, I always say this is finding something that you enjoy. If you don't enjoy it, you're never going to stick to it. Mm. So if you go to a, a boxing class and you hate it, don't go again. Don't yeah. force yourself. Um, I'm a massive fan of at-home workouts. I know... A lot of people like to be in the atmosphere of a class and being pushed by an instructor. Mm. But I think if you can do 20 minutes in your living room daily or three, four times, whatever your body needs, yeah, it's quick if, you've got, if you're busy. And cheaper. Um, cheap. Most of the time. It's really cheap. You're by yourself so you don't feel judged by other people. Mm. I know when I go to like a weightlifting class, I'm terrified. Yeah. Like, like an event. Yeah. And I know that I look pathetic. Well, I just get, I, I mean, I used to go to the gym quite a lot, but I would always go with Nick, my husband, who is a musician, but like, lol story about Nick. He is a qualified PT and used to be, really? used to be, sorry, Nick, you're probably listening, used to be a real gym junkie before I met him. So he was the kind of pre-workout guy, two coffees a day and two two hour training sessions yeah. every day. Okay. And like, he did wow. have an incredible physique but he also got burnout and adrenal fatigue and you know quick coffee and change do you want the rig or do you want burnout I know I mean <laughs> like I don't know which one I would choose um I'm joking um but you know we used to That's go so together to the gym in Australia and at this time I was really ill as well I, I mean I knew that I was yeah. I was kind of recovering from stuff and I just really had that fuck it mentality. I think I used to have a coffee and go to the gym when I was so tired anyway, but I would have that coffee and feel great for half an hour and go and yeah. smash out a weights yeah. workout. Um, and I completely stopped as well. Like I haven't been to the gym in that way in kind of maybe two years now. Like I'm yeah. really fit and really active, but I will go for a swim outside or I'll cycle to the serpentine or I'll do some yoga much, much more fulfilling it is so much more fulfilling but part of me now that I 
could tolerate a kind of more resistance workout wants to get back into it. But I'm really scared of all the machines. Like, yeah. I don't know how to use them very well. So I'm a PT and I haven't been to the gym on my own for about three years. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I like, will train with a friend or go to a class or I'll do my own method at home. Yeah. But I do. I just don't like gyms. No, for me, I like you know they're usually underground. They're usually dark. And actually, as humans, you know, we're regulated by our circadian rhythms, and we are programmed to exercise best outdoors under conditions of natural yeah, light, I not agree. not blue light, not artificial light. Yeah. Sorry, blue light. Not I shouldn't have said that. I meant not artificial light. So for me, going to like an underground space, even if it's a gorgeous gym, just feels wrong in it, a way. Yeah. And I think, for me, the big machinery, it's just, I don't get along with it. No, and it's usually just I those move gym heroes body. that are on it. Yeah. Like, dropping the weights really yeah. loudly. And I'm just like, can you not? Yeah. Sorry. It's a real, yeah, it's ego-central, isn't it? Yeah. And also worried that, you know, someone's going to look at me and think, oh, well, she's using that wrong. Because I don't really I'm, know the yeah. correct technique. I would just be like, okay, It's a shame that this. it's come to that, hasn't it? Yeah. But I think it's in the world of sort of... Um, there's been a craze recently, especially on social media, about very fit, like rippled abs, um, especially women mm. who look just credit to them. Bloody hell, they work hard. Yeah. Um, and well done for getting your body into that state. I could never do that. But no. It's from like, and I'm I've been a PT for seven and a half years, and it's intimidating to look at someone with all these muscles mm. in the gym squatting twice their body weight and I'm just like whoa I know <laughs> what am I doing but also like you say that if you have that physique it's your whole life and for me yeah. personally like there's so much more in my life that I care about and and me it's my job it's not my life yeah yeah totally yeah, yeah. well we've just upset lots of people that go I'm to the sorry, gym I'm sorry. Sorry, go guys. to the gym if you like it <laughs> yeah um do you ever find it strange living your life through the lens of, of social media? And, you know, do you kind of, I mean, what what is it like when you, do you kind of retreat when you feel like, I don't want to talk to people, I don't want to post to people? You know, do you find authentic connection on there? Or do you feel like it's all a bit fake? I mean, how do you kind of, yeah, how, how do you cope with kind of, because you're, the reason I love your profile and your stories is because I, I do think that you're one of these people that's very just normal. And actually, yeah. you might look at your stories and think she's not normal. But I, th <laughs> I think that's the great thing about it. But, yeah. you know, so much of it is a constructed reality. And so few people are kind of really real. Mm -hmm. What's my question here, Georgie? I mean, I get I, you. Yeah, just, I get you. just what's, it, what's it like, I guess? Um, I always, I always joke on Instagram, well, not, it's not even a joke, it's, it's real. Um, I have a secret life that's off of Instagram. Yeah. Um, I think people forget that, especially in the day of influencers. Yeah, and, and you know, how do you deal with all of the personal questions? Because I think yeah. for you especially, because you're in the fitness space and, you know, you have your own method, the GS method, you're, in a way, your body and your physique is your marketing tool because yeah. it's a visible way to show people the results that you've had with this method. But that must put you sometimes in not a compromising position, but, you know, whether you're getting positive feedback or negative feedback or, you know, I know you have like a lot of questions about like, oh my God, where did you get your lips done? And all of this stuff. And you're just like, yeah. leave me alone. Yeah. Like, I yeah. am not a fake person. I know this is the thing that people 
it can be so wrong. Like people can um, get it so wrong on Instagram. Mm. Um, I'm a very natural person. Like I hadn't had anything done, so it's frustrating. But also, I kind of ignore it. Yeah. Um, my my body is a marketing tool. Like I'm not going to lie about that. Um, but only because I want to show to people that you don't have to follow these athletes inverted mm. commas. Um, on Instagram that train twice a day um, ridiculously hard for two to three hours a day to get results. Mm. Um, It's just moving effectively and moving in a way that your body responds to well. Mm. Um, And I think that I have never been so, let's say, defined since doing the GS method. I was never this defined when I was doing HIIT six, Mm. seven times a week. Yeah. Um, Do you find that... Because like we were saying, you know, you are in a rather unique position where your physique is your marketing tool. Do you find that that's quite an easy way to invite criticism in? Um, I think I'm quite lucky. I don't I don't get too much criticism. I get a lot of questions. Mm. Um, and I understand that. I do. Uh, but my... It's more than that. I think my captions are more than the picture that I maybe put up. Yeah. I don't just put a picture of me up and leave it there. Mm. I think my captions are a lot more in depth about how I'm feeling. I think my story into fitness is really important also as a marketing tool for my yeah. um, GS method. Um, because I've come from a place where I was couldn't really exercise. So... I guess what I'm trying to say is I I yeah I I put myself on Instagram. It's not my entire life. Actually, ninety yeah. percent of my friends are just normal human beings. Yeah, um, and I prefer it that way. There are a lot of lovely, lovely people online, but I love my school friends, yeah. my uni friends, um, and that human to human connection. That's you know physical yeah. when you're next to someone, and you escape. can actually touch yeah. them. Yeah, yeah. so. Yeah, I think that everyone thinks that we're online 24-7 and I'm really not. Mm. Um, But it is a marketing tool for my product at the end of the day. Yeah. Um, Now, you're a real country girl at heart. (laughs) You know, you're always down in Cornwall, you're surfing, you're in the water. How do you deal with, you know, being in London all the time? And, you know, are are you truly happy in the city? Do you feel like you need to escape are you going to move? Oh, What's next for I've always for threatened Georgie? to move. <laughs> yeah. I do. I, I won't be in London forever. I need cows and fields and surf. And, yeah. Um, I have a dog. I got her three years ago and dog therapy is a thing. It's a real thing. She's very cute. I so. vouch for it. <laughs> yeah, she is so cute. Um, so it gets me outside every day. Not I want to be, but having a dog, you walk her every day and gets me in fresh air. Yeah. I'd much rather spend time in nature than I I avoid getting the tube at all costs. I'll I'd rather walk. Mm. Um I think I will move. I think I need to be on a beach. Yeah. She says. But um, can, can that be like a, a cold English beach or are we talking a nice tropical one? I mean, I love the hot weather, so I think one day I'll have to move abroad. Ooh. Ooh. That would be nice. Yeah, it would be nice. But I love London too. I think it's full of creativity, full of opportunities. If I ever want to get back into acting, it's the place to be. Um, all my friends are here. Mm. 
so yeah, I do. I, I do love London as a place, but I am a country gal at heart. Yeah, it's hard, isn't it? Because I think everyone moves to London after they finish university or whatever and then you you know suddenly it's 10 years down the line and you're still here but actually wishing you were somewhere else but it just has this strange hold on all of us where we think like oh no I need to be in London for work and for opportunities and it's really interesting I was talking to um Richie Norton the other day on the podcast and yeah he's so great and he was saying he just got to this point where you know he decided he was leaving and he left within two weeks and he made you just make it work somewhere else. Yeah, you you create the opportunities, you know. And it's not, of course, sometimes it doesn't work out. But if you really hustle, then you know he was saying he's got more work now in Wales than he's he ever had. Yeah, he's in Wales. God, that's a big move. Well, it is and it isn't. It's only you know three and a half hours drive from West London. Yeah. So if you need to come up you for a day, move there, don't you? Well, <laughs> we do we do love Wales and we're the same as you. Like we just want a, that beach lifestyle. Yeah. But I'm very happy for that to be a, a Welsh or a Cornish beach. Yeah. I don't mind the, the lack. Of, well, obviously, I would like sunshine, but, you know. Yeah. I, yeah, I think it's the, I'm a people person as well. So being surrounded by people all day is really attractive to me. And I think if I moved somewhere as quiet as Cornwall, I'd go crazy. Mm. But then I I also think, you know, in London we're surrounded by people all day, but it's also so easy to be lonely because everyone's got their stuff going on. Everyone's grumpy as well here. I know, because, you know, say, for example, you walk down the street in Cornwall, the person you walk past will smile at you. They might even stop and talk to you if you look lost. Yeah. But in London, like, no one will even look up from their phone to to say, to kind of just, like, look at you knowingly or give you a little smile or... You know, I'm the annoying one in the park, walking my dog, saying good morning to everyone. Yeah. And I get such horrible looks. I know. So it's my Nick, my husband, is Australian and he used to say good day like to everyone that we walked past and he just doesn't bother anymore. Really? He was just like, good day, good day. And yeah, getting people... back doing that. We need more of that in London. Yeah. Good day. Good day. How's it going? Um, the other thing he do is call, like calls everyone mate when he shouldn't do. Like people that you would you know need to be more respectful to yeah but in australia like it's very it's okay normal in to say mate accent. yeah in a british accent saying mate <laughs> i know like quite often he'll say it's mate not... to someone slightly of an older generation oh, okay. and then oh, he's gosh. like oh gosh i really shouldn't have said that anyway very funny um so if you could kind of give listeners a couple of takeaways from what we've talked about whether that's to do with battling through mental health and ways to cope with it or you know useful things to know about fitness or ways to start training differently what would they be some like nuggets of info from Georgie (laughs) I think to not put pressure on yourself um is a huge one for me I used to put a lot of pressure on myself to train and to look a certain way as a dancer and to um uh, sort of prove everyone wrong I always had that well understand we had that mentality from mm. growing up I needed mm. to prove everyone wrong by working out every single day um, pushing my body and my mind I think the one bit of advice I would have is to take the pressure off yourself and actually being kinder to yourself mm. will give you better results what does that look like for you the, the being kinder to yourself I think I've managed to be it's the mind body connection I'm so big on it because I think being in contact with when your body is tired when it's calling out for a rest um when you've had a particularly stressful day at work or 
a client has pissed me off, um, then I won't necessarily train for very long, or if at all. Mm. Um, it's, it's, it, you know, for you, you must know, because you're a nutritionist, it's what comes in with diet as well, I think. that Knowing what's going to suit you in that moment. What's going to suit you, what's going to fuel your body, what's going to make you feel good. Mm. Um, and then doing something that you love every day, whether it's cooking, dancing, um, walking your dog, yeah. going in the sunshine. I know it sounds silly, but it does put that positivity into every single day. Yeah. Um, and then I think my biggest thing is I get asked a lot how I'm so positive, and I never saw myself as positive, but mm. I think it's... Um, I think given, you know, recent events... Your positivity is amazing. Oh, thank you. I, I, you don't see it in yourself, that's the thing. But um, this life coach once, to once told me when I hit fatigue and I was in a really bad place, she was like, your neurons and your brain are like cows and they're walking on this sort of... Because I, I got to the point where I was like, I'm never going to get out of this. I'm going to be in bed for the rest of my life. My mm. heart stopped, blah, blah, blah. Um, you're, they're like cows in a um, field full of long grass and they're treading on this one... I'm doing wild hand movements at the same yeah. time. <laughs> treading on this one path, this one thought. Um, and you need to switch those cows to tread on new grass in a new positive light and then the old grass will grow. Does that make any sense? Yeah, because that's actually really interesting you said that because when I had Mika Simmons on the podcast, she said... Um, synapses that fire together wire together I love that because I think she's done some coach or like she's qualified in some sort of like I think neurological it's NLP I think it's NLP okay which is really interesting isn't it it's like the more you do a negative thought or the more you make positive thoughts your brain kind of recognizes that and boosts it yeah yeah I guess yeah no so you need to uh, move your cows to the positive thought. So yeah. they're treading on that path rather than the negative one. Okay. Um, I mean, there is a... I've been... A, like, my my dad always says to me, you've got rose-tinted glasses on, because I'm so sort of um, positive about, like, um, ventures in my career and stuff. I have to put my like, reality oh, work out. hat on sometimes. Yeah. Because I'm not not really realist. realist. I'm away with the fairies most of the time. I think that's a great way to Do be. You? Yeah, I wish I was a bit more like that. I think I've, I literally never used to be like, I just had to be. There's no other way I could have got through um, a lot of the things that I've got through without changing my attitude or changing mm. my thought process. Mm. Um, I know it's really, really hard, especially if you're going through, everyone goes through really hard times. Mm. But I think if you can think of, keep, like, even if you don't feel it, keep saying to yourself a positive thought, mm. say it out loud. Like and an it affirmation. Will, yeah. And one day it will become a reality. Yeah. I actually, I don't do it so much anymore, but I used to do that a lot with uh, when I was kind of trying to deal with um, stress a lot in my life. So my, I, I've i always been in um, the sympathetic nervous system state with, within my body, yeah. which is that kind of fight or flight zone. And so that's why my Join body club <laughs> yeah so that's why my body never healed so for example I had really oh, bad gosh. detoxification with my liver and you know my body was could never it could never do what it was meant to do because I was always too stressed like 
all the things were going down the wrong pathways in my body. Yeah. So for a long time, I um, I'd swim and in the water, I'd shut my eyes and I'd say, like I don't know, five or six times, not a lot. I'd I'd say I'm happy, I'm calm, I'm stress free, and I used to just say it all the time whenever I was remembering it. Um, I've never actually spoken about this, but it really worked. Like, yeah. yeah, because you you just take that on. And I suddenly felt like I just did. I just felt calmer. I felt less stressed. And it's a much better way of explaining it than I just did. But yeah, <laughs> both were good. <laughs> it was very long winded. No, um, yeah, no, I agree. I, to- I agree. Yeah. I couldn't, Positive I couldn't... affirmations. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, amazing. Well, this has been so lovely. Thank, Thank you. you for having me. Um, I want to ask you the last three questions I ask everyone on the podcast. Mm. Um, the first one is if there's one thing again, you could, if there's one thing you could do again in life, sorry, what would it be? Oh, um, so I, I, I think I'd go back on stage again. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Rogue, I know. <laughs> no, no, that's great. Um, I, I loved it and I I stopped because it was a very tough industry and I got unwell. Um, and I think that one day I would love to explore that. My dream role is in Downton Abbey. So if anyone is listening from <gasps> Downton Abbey. You know, the film's just come out. Or I know, about I was gutted. To come out. I didn't hear about the audition. But anyway. <laughs> well, I think they've already got their characters, yeah, I know, Georgie. But... <laughs> you know. Yeah, I'll play Here Lady Mary. Yeah, Thanks. <laughs> Um, and if there's one thing you could change, what would it be? Um, I would probably change, um, destroying myself with HIIT workouts before I got on well. But actually saying that, if I did that, I wouldn't have created the GS method. So, Mm. I don't know. It was a, it was a, it was a silly thing to do, but everyone makes mistakes and good things come from mistakes. So, Yeah. yeah. So nothing. Well... I'd probably change the amount of um, sass I have against my doctors. Okay. <laughs> that was I such just, a niche answer. I love it. Sorry. No, that's fine. I, just, I would probably sort of um, not have this uh, very tenacious attitude all the time, mm, having okay. to prove them wrong. Yeah. Because it's exhausting. Okay. Yeah. Um, and finally, the podcast is called State of Mind. What does state of mind mean to you? Um, I, to me, I think state of mind means how you, we've spoken about it before, how you, uh, bounce back from, uh, a knock in your life Mm. and how you can change your attitude from that. Um, we all go through really horrible, horrible stages in our life and I think, state of mind means how you sort of pull the strength you have to pull yourself out of that yeah and I think yeah for me that's the most important thing amazing (laughs) thank you so much for coming on the podcast thank you thank you Thank you so much again for tuning into State of Minds. And before I lose you, I need to tell you about a really exciting event I'm running in November. It's going to be a live podcast episode, a panel discussion with two incredible guests, Richie Bostock, the breath guy, and Debbie Lewis, who you've heard on the podcast before. And the three of us are going to be talking about the concept of standing up for your own health, taking responsibility for how you feel, and the ways we can do this in 
in the 21st century. So please go to my Instagram profile and click the Linktree link in my bio, which will take you to Eventbrite where you can purchase a ticket. It's on the 26th of November at The Four, which is in King's Cross. And I can't wait to see you all there. Bring it on. Thank you.